Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Joe Bro Radio, the best and your favorite nerd and pop culture podcast on the planet and all platforms known to man. I am your host, Neo Rosano, joined by my fellow co-host, Gage Ponds. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Doing good. Feeling better? You're uh, sick for the past couple of days. Yep, that's part of my small talk. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's a good, good intro to it. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're new here, we talk about nerd stuff, we talk about pop culture stuff, we talk about whatever we want, things that make us mad, happy, or, you know, whatever jives us. But, you know, we have topics, we don't have a format, we wing it most of the time. Yep. But not really. Well, yeah. I mean, we have a plan, we have a rough draft, okay? We have a rough draft, and then the finished product is whatever comes out. Exactly. It's not really, here, I'll, I guess I'll go and stop that now. It's not, it's like we come up with a rough draft. You, like usually when you write an essay, you make a rough draft and then you write the final product based off of the rough draft, right? Like your notes. Yeah, yeah we don't come up with a final product. We just, the final product is what you get based off of the incomplete work. We even have like technically a rough draft because we don't rehearse anything we don't like no write a script the the so answer just, is no the podcasts are our rough draft <laughs> well i mean yeah but that's that's the beauty in it it's pure raw like genuine thought like it's, it's not the most coherent sometimes it's not even you know maybe the, the smartest takes but i mean i think i'm pretty smart uh and i think my opinions are correct but that's just my you ego. know i i think we should change the title of the podcast from Joe Bro Radio to ADHD Radio because that just summarizes everything that is our podcast. Just two guys with severe ADHD. You know what I'll do? Actually, I'll make another podcast just called ADHD Chat, and basically, I'll just start recording our conversations at random moments, so it could be very hit or miss. We can get canceled at episode one or canceled at episode one hundred, but either way, it'll be a blast. I actually have an idea for that like a little while ago. Oh? Well, like I, I, I think I remember you like talking about that. Like or maybe it was like when we were planning to do like uh like this podcast, like if when we actually got on something you'd like record it and you know we we would talk about whatever and when, when we're done we'd stop it and then like edit that, you know, and put it into into something, you know? No, I never did that. Uh we talked about doing it, but it was yeah, never actually done. Um, but yeah, I could see myself doing something like that. But I mean, like said, we, I mean, we talk about some pretty offensive shit behind BTS. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, the Hogwarts legacy episode really, I mean, that one was really skimming the line there, but yeah, I don't regret well, making that episode. Yeah, me either. Well, in this podcast, before we get into our topic, we'd like to start off with some small talk, which we've already been kind of doing. And I'll let you start off. What do you have to say? Okay, well, I'll start off with the less personal one. Uh, I was reading the other day, and this one fascinates me because I love, like, unsolved mysteries. And what better unsolved mystery, well, kind of unsolved mystery, than Amelia Earhart's disappearance? You saw ever, that video. You, you saw the video? Let me explain it, because this is a fucking nightmare. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but... Like, if you look into this yourself, you'll you'll think the same thing. So, basically, I can't remember the exact names of, like, places, but somewhere, like, on Amelia Earhart's flight path, okay, 
there was like an island that she was meant to stop at. That was like on her course, but something went wrong with her plane and then she landed or like crash landed at a nearby island. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure she actually crashed land into the ocean and was able to get to that island. Well, either way, she got to this nearby island. It was like a few hundred miles away, you know, a couple hundred, 300, something like that. Uh, but this island is inhabited by something called uh, coconut crabs. And I say inhab inhabited, but I really mean infested. Yeah, I was uh, going to say infested with, is a better word. With, with coconut crabs. So coconut crabs are, well, they're crabs. That are what's a good size comparison? Uh, uh, help me out, Neo. Think of something. Uh, uh, what is it? Sorry, you know I'm the, getting yelled oh, at by my wife. You know those big beach balls? It's about the size of one of those. Like they're pretty yeah. big, about about half the size of a man. It seems. I don't know. You have to look it up. They're huge. But these things. Um, if you'll, if you'll actually excuse me for just one moment. I gotta attend to something. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna keep talking. Uh, basically, they eat, can smell like, you know, blood, they'll eat coconuts, they'll eat, you know, big things, they're predators, okay, they, you know, so they don't eat things that, like, the typical crab would eat, uh, and as the name coconut crab implies, what they can do is they can grab coconuts and rip them in half, their claws are about as strong as a lion's jaws. <clears throat> now, the running theory is that Amelia Earhart crashed or whatever, got to this island, crashed on the island, doesn't really matter. She got on this island and was bleeding, you know, injured from the crash. And at night, these crabs come out. And the theory is that these crabs got a hold of her and ate her alive. And it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, my, my explanation is not doing it justice. I'm butchering it pretty severely. You'd have to look at like a video on it, but I saw the video. It is pretty intense. Um, but in the meantime, until Neo gets back, I'm gonna just uh, try to, I don't know, play elevator music or something. Um... As soon as I can find it, um, you can all just sit back and enjoy the sweet sound of my voice until it starts right now. Yeah, let's try another one. I don't know the beat to that one. Never mind. Uh, no, that's not good enough. I'm back. I apologize. Oh. Give me a recap of what what's been going on. Hey, I just finished the story of the coconut crabs, and then I was start, I was playing elevator music until you got back. Wait, so you were just talking about the coconut crabs? Well, I was talking. To, well, no, I got into like the details of like you know Amelia Earhart was probably eaten alive by these things at night. Yeah, no, that's yeah. why her bones, her body was never recovered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, no, there were bones recovered. Well, no, there but, weren't bones recovered. Well, they found there, like there were bones there. The that only was from her co-pilot. The evidence, but, the evidence that I, I forgot about this part. This is important. The evidence that makes people believe that this is Amelia Earhart is because there were bottles of uh, glass bottles of freckle cream, which Amelia Earhart was very well known for using. Yes, um, and they were old, so. There's there's that, but uh, yeah, coconut crabs. Yeah, uh, so, ter uh, terrifying things, but I love them. But I hate them. 
we I'll, I'll i'll take this one we have joint small talk and this joint small talk is about dr pepper strawberries and cream i have another thing when we're done with this bit we both have acquired dr pepper strawberries and cream and we are going to try it live right now as the kings of Dr. Pepper, this moment has been waited for for, uh, I guess, a week. It's about how long we've known about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Ooh, it smells so good. Is yours crisp and cold? Yes. Mine is good. All right, I'm taking my sip. Mm. Uh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You can definitely taste the strawberry, that's for sure. I'm going to let you share your opinion first. So my first initial sip, it just, just something kicked back at me, and I was like, mm, what is that? But like, as like it, the flavor kept sitting on my tongue, I'm like, mm, yes, more, please. Yeah. See, um, I'm going to start off with not even close to what I expected. Not at all what my expectations were. Not, not my one shot. However... Yeah, it it's good. It's pretty good. It doesn't really taste like Dr. Pepper. I, I was thinking is, that too. Which is the weird thing, which I like I don't want to say I don't like that, but like I how do I say this? I can still taste the Dr. Pepper, but it's like very the, mild. The, but strawberry is such a bold flavor to like throw into a soda usually, but the cream kind of mellows it out. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know. How to, I like it. It's good. It's not my I, favorite I think one. What, I think they need to adjust the recipe a little bit. Bring a little bit down on the strawberry extract. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that. Like, like, because look, that was my exact same feeling whenever I had Dr Pepper uh, vanilla or the cream. You know, Dr Pepper cream soda, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That was my exact feeling whenever I had that one, and I and I like it. Like, I like it a lot now. Um. And I really like this, but I mean, I mean, look, nothing can be the original Dr. Pepper. Um, actually, no, I stand corrected. There's one thing that beats the original Dr. Pepper. It's Dr. Pepper berries and cream. Yes, that'll always be That's the most supreme flavor. It's the fantastic, and I want more. I but swear you know, they're we'll, put. We'll I swear they that. they sprinkle a bit of coke in that. I like. I just want some more, man. I'm itching for it. Anyway, but you know what will always be the best soda? Hmm. Lester's fixin' sweet cr- sweet corn. <laughs> so I was taking another sip. Yeah, hundred percent. That was amazing. I re- we really need to go back. Yeah, we will. But we need to go back wearing our bat our, our little pins they gave us, and just like gotta pretend- find mine. <laughs> you gotta find it, dude. I know exactly where mine is. I'm looking at it right now. Well, I I moved. Remember. Oh yeah. Oh wait, I wasn't looking at it. It was in the wrong spot. It was it was in the same region, just not in the spot that it used to be. Uh yeah. soda sommelier. Is that how you say that word? Yeah, sommelier. Sommelier. Oh yeah, it's French. Anyway, my other small talk. Uh I don't like sharing this because the with the fast food tier list episode how I mentioned I can pretty much eat anything and I like have no repercussions for it. Uh, yeah, so death came for me to prove me wrong. Not not to kill me, not because I was dead, but just to remind me that I am a bitch. Then you're uh, mortal. 
Yeah, just to remind me that I am indeed immortal and food can 100% kill me if I'm not careful. Uh, so, the other, uh, I think it was Monday at work. Uh, now, actually, before I say this, uh, because I work for a, a company and I don't want them to hear this and then get mad at me. I don't know if this is the case. This is just my suspicion. Um, but I ate a meatball sub at work. You know, from the cafeteria. It was tasty, by the way. I mean, it tasted fine. Um, and, I, you know, I, I was working. And then a few hours later when I got home, it was around 3.30, uh, I got my room and my, my tummy started started feeling a little angry, you know. A little grumbly tummy. Not the hungry grumbly, but the uh, but the I'm sad grumbly. So I was like, tumbly. Yeah, so I was like, ooh, ooh, gee, hope that clears up. You know, I mean, I ate a big meatball sub in the span of 10 minutes. So hopefully it'll, it'll you know, that's probably what it is. And then I had uh, bowel issues. We'll just say that. I'm like, eh, well, you know, like I said, maybe eating a 10, maybe eating like a, you know, foot-long meatball sub in the matter of 10 minutes would, would do that to your guts. Uh, I kept trying to rationalize it uh, to no avail because a few, uh, well, I don't want to say a few minutes, about an hour later, I would say, I started getting a little bit of puke, you know, a little pukies, uh, and it got progressively worse. Uh, so I started drinking water because that's what you do when you throw up, you drink water, you're losing body fluids. But it turns out that part of the reason I was having a hard time throwing up is because it was like dry in my stomach and putting water in my gut uh, lubed it up enough for it to just <laughs> pour out like waterworks. And it was insane. It was so violent and so profuse that it was leaking out of my nose. Uh, you know, those you know, ever have like such gut wrenching like vomiting where there's a moment like while you're doing it where you you would you actually tell yourself if there was a gun next to me i would 100% shoot myself yes that yeah that's what i was feeling uh and i <laughs> let people understand i don't feel that way much that feeling is unbeknownst to me so usually when people throw up at like at little kids you know they cry uh someone you know neo i i imagine you don't cry when you puke right you're just miserable um, yeah, I'm just miserable. Yeah, not me. I was crying. <laughs> because, Why? Because I don't, I don't, I don't know what that feeling is very well. Like I don't feel that much. Like I can count on like one hand how many times I've thrown up, including that. So like the feeling is still like fresh to me in a weird way. Uh, I can other... count on one hand the amount of times I've thrown up in front of you. <laughs> Well, yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. But anyway, so, and the next day, the next day I wasn't pukey or anything, but I was terrified to eat, you know, because uh, like my, my tummy still felt off, but I wasn't like nauseous to the point. Like I slept in the bathroom on the floor. Uh, Well, sleep is a strong word. I laid down in the bathroom with a pillow and a blanket for about half the night. I've done um, that puking in the trash can because I decided that it was too much effort to lean up into the toilet because the trash can was lower to the ground. So it was basically just a little bucket with a harps bag in it that was just full of liquid and gut stew. Uh, so 
I I remember uh, while you were like uh, dying and removing the bowels from uh, your body, Kegger uh, had said uh, a really funny phrase that I had never heard of before until that day. Oh. He was like, "Oh, Gage is kneeling at the porcelain throne." I was like, "What?" I mean, I get it, but like, what? <laughs> You've never heard the porcelain throne before? No, I'm... kneeling at the porcelain throne. Oh, kneel. I've never heard that phrase. I've I've heard the phrase porcelain throne. Which is why I understood the joke. Well, I mean, but you get it, right? Ne- like, kneeling at the porcelain, because, you know, like, you got it, right? Yeah, I, I got it. I just okay. never heard about it, and I thought it was a really interesting joke. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I guess I've never heard it before either. But anyway, the next day, I was, I slept through, like, half the day. Uh, Played Demio for about 10 minutes with you. Not 10 minutes, it was, I'd say about an hour uh before because like i have i'm not a very patient person i'm even less patient when i'm sick like that and me and neo just sucked so bad at what we were doing i I just quit just got off uh because i also needed to lay down because my you know sitting up at that point was like something i could only do a little bit because being conscious sucked and then luckily i went to work yesterday that was basically the last day of it. I feel much better today where I can actually like eat food and drink soda without wanting to kill myself. But I was extremely weak. Like it was so humiliating. Like I could, you know, I'm like a small guy, but I have a decent amount of like grit behind me. I can carry like lots of things at one particular time. So I'll have like three 50 pound bags of laundry hauling them like on my shoulders which i mean that doesn't sound like a lot i guess but when you're doing it time and time again while constantly moving like the energy like it wears down i could i couldn't even do that i could barely carry one i've carried like a 50 pound bag of laundry like not even halfway across the room to like my little table where i tear open the bag and sort through the laundry and i was just like oh god I had to take a breath. And then I had to do a laundry run by myself, which sucked. Uh, But, you know, I made it through it. I got back from the laundry run and I, like, leaned against the wall. And, like, three of the ladies that I work with were like, Oh, my God, are you okay? You look so pale. Are you going to faint? I'm like, no. No, I'm fine. And they're all smaller than me. So. (laughs) Well, if there's any good place to, like, do, like, faint, it is where you work. (laughs) I mean, sort of. I was in the clean room at that exact moment, so. But, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if there's anything that's truly bad that's going to happen, I mean, at least I'm at a place that provides medical care. But, yeah. Um, you know, aside from the crippling medical bills of living in the U.S., but anyway. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's about it. So, mm, man, 20 minutes of small talk. We better get into the topic, brother. I want you to introduce the topic because you can probably say it better than me. Me? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, make no mistake, this is not my episode th- uh, today, but today's topic for, uh, I guess to uh, phrase it in the simplest way, is uh, uncovering the lies of Disney. Uh, well, that's the dramatic way. Basically, 
uh, all Disney stories were based off of a uh, book, you know, like the Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Those are all stories that Disney has taken through, I, I don't know, legal means or some other, I don't know, it doesn't matter. And they basically changed it. And usually those written stories are a lot darker and a lot less happy than the Disney stories. Uh, so we're not gonna... really usually more like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so when I say usually is the severity of how bad they get is, uh, it varies, you know, but anyway, so that's pretty much what we're going to go through. Uh, we're gonna have to do a bit of fly research because this is something I used to know a lot about, but not so much anymore. I haven't really looked into it in a very long time and I haven't read those stories in a long while either, but so here. I found like, like look at my screen. I found like short mm-hmm. summaries of like uh, like basically spark notes of the uh, of the actual books. And you know if you if you have lived at all, you probably have seen all of these movies from Disney. If you haven't, go watch them so you can you know understand what we're talking about. Does it? Uh, but... Well, the hang on, best fairy tales. That's not. The original story behind The Little Mermaid. I know The Little Mermaid one, kind of. I think, like, should I, like, actually sit here? No, we'll just re- you, you read that. This is your episode. So, in the Disney version of Hans Christensen's, or Christian Andersen's tale, Ariel eventually wins the heart of the prince, Eric, gets her voice back, and celebrates with a beautiful wedding on a boat, surrounded by her aquatic friends and family. In the original story... Things don't end so rosily. Yeah, that's I know that was a word. In fact, the story is tragic, with Ariel's transformation to human causing her constant mm-hmm. agonizing pain before her heart is broken when Prince Eric marries someone else. The sea witch informs her that if she kills the prince, she will return to a mermaid and live, but Ariel chooses to sacrifice herself, throwing her into the sea and becoming sea foam. Yep. Yep. So, actually, I think I have a pretty good way to... So, like, uh, a good analogy is, like, if you were to... Think of, like, uh, uh, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. That doesn't end in a very good way. Uh, Do you know how that... Do you know how Romeo and Juliet ends, Neo? They both kill themselves, isn't that right? Or they both... Or they both die. So, I think one of them did something to fake death... And I like it was either Romeo or Juliet faked their death, uh, or something that was I don't know like temporary death. It's been a while since I read it. And then uh, when again Romeo and or Juliet, whichever one did not fake their death, uh, saw that their partner was dead, they decided to kill themselves. So then when their partner woke up, they saw that their partner was dead, and then they just decided to go ahead and actually die. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. weird. So, yeah, it's pretty much dark, dark stuff like that. You like you yourself like, there? You like my save there? Yeah. Yeah. It, l- l- go to Mulan. I haven't haven't seen that one. Also, get rid of that cookies tab. Yeah, accept, uh, accept the cookies. Just accept them. I don't want to accept the cookies. They're good cookies, bro. Anyway, Mulan. <laughs> I have not seen Mulans, uh, or I haven't read that one. Disney. Uh, Disney have been and ins- I don't think that's said right. Disney have been inspired by the heroic female warrior not once but twice, 
first in their 1998 animated adaptions, and now the live-action remake uh, starring whatever her name is. It doesn't matter because the movie sucks. Both, excuse me, both films follow quite closely the original poem, The Ballad of Mulan, but in 1695, the, uh, but the 1695 version of the tale included in the Sui Tang romance takes a darker turn. When Mulan takes her father's place in the army, she meets the king's daughter, who is also a warrior. The two become inseparable, and when the king is defeated, they offer to be put to death in his place. They are eventually spared, but when Mulan returns home, she finds that her father has died and her mother has remarried. With her female identity revealed, Mulan is ordered to become a concubine, but she commits suicide rather than submit to this fate. Wow. Yeah. That's what this word means. It's basically like it's okay. A concubine is basically a a life slave. It's basically a royal prostitute exclusively for the king. Yeah. Like that's the best it's like if the king wants to bang someone and and the wife is not it, he just gets a concubine. Like that's that's it. Yeah. So anyway, that, that tracks. Frozen, <laughs> frozen. Wait a minute, go. What the fuck? I, I want to like get to like the the good ones. Oh, the like the, Snow White, the classics, Cinderella. Yeah, the classics. Snow White. Before Whites. we get to I, the other ones, I like Snow White's, but I'll let you read it. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was Disney's first animated feature film that has become an undisputed classic since the release in 1937. The film is a fairly faithful retelling of the fairy tale that appears in the Brothers Grimm collection. With one exception, when the film ends with the prince awakening Snow White with a kiss and taking her to his castle, the original story sees the evil queen attend the subsequent wedding where she is recognized by the prince and made to dance, quite literally until she drops in a pair of red hot iron slippers. Ouch. I thought there there was a lot more like to Snow White and the or uh, about the seven dwarves, really. Like, well, like dark with the dwarves in Snow White. Like, well, a, it's so it's not it's not exactly like the darkest, but it's like implied. So, like in the in the book, the or in the movie, all right, the dwarves are like goofy. You know, they're they're kind of like silly little lads that all have like a weird quirk. In the book, the dwarves aren't quite like that. Like they're like they're dwarves. Like think Tolkien dwarves. But, I mean, like, they're not necessarily, like, warriors, but they're big, burly tree stumps of miners, you know? Like, they're hard, you know? Uh, Basically, they're a force to be reckoned with. They're not just these goofy, short people. Um, And, I mean, those dwarves defended her, like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, yeah, pretty much... Let's see. Yeah, I guess we'll go in order. Uh, Disney's animated... Cinderella, by the way. We're doing Cinderella now. Disney's animated classic is fun for all the family, complete with singing mice, a kindly fairy godmother, and a show-stopping dress. In the Brothers Grimm version, Cinderella still gets her happily ever after, but her evil stepsisters get a much gorier comeuppance. 
after one sister tries to trick the princess into believing she's his true love by cutting off her toe to fit in Cinderella's shoe, and the other tries to uh, tries the same trick by cutting off a pair a part of her heel. Cinderella and the prince are reunited and happily wed, uh, with Cinderella's pigeon pals plucking out her stepsister's eyes as she, as the post-wedding entertainment. Yeah, so... You know what I never got about mm-hmm. Cinderella? What? If the shoe fit perfectly, why'd it fall off? Uh, I don't know, man. It's Disney. I mean, it's a movie. Well, no. Even in, like, the original, that is still true to the original story. If the shoe fit perfectly, why did it fall off? Well, yeah, it's... Look, it's a story, man. Like, look, your shoes fit fine. They slip off every now and then, don't they, under certain conditions? Eh, maybe. No, not maybe. I've oh, seen it oh, happen. Like, yeah, but, like, my shoe wasn't literally made to form and perfectly fit my foot. It's just a random shoe. My man, it's it's a glass shoe. You know what glass usually implies? A little, little slippy. Uh, you fair. think you think her feet weren't sweating in a glass shoe with no socks <laughs> or proper coolant me means of cooling? Yeah, no, bro. She had sw- she had stanky, sweaty feet in a glass slipper, and it slipped. You know, <laughs> lubed. You know, her feet CPU weren't wasn't cooling fast enough. Also, let's let's go ahead and give. I'm gonna just give myself props for using the word lubed twice in one episode so far. Three times now, actually. Uh, yeah, a round of applause, you know. Woo! Yeah, I don't have that sound on my soundboard. Man, my soundboard's so empty. I need to I need to rebuild it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Notre Dame's cla- original tragic ending. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, you know. It's, it's, it's Notre Dame. Potato, potato, tomato. It's, no... I'm not going to let you move forward until you say The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. There you go. Come Certainly enough. one of the darker animated films in the vast back catalog. Ends happily with Quasimodo and it saving Esmeralda, accepting that she loves another and leaving the cathedral to be welcomed into society, into society as a hero. In Victor Hugo's novel, however, the story has a much sadder ending. With Quasimodo's guardian archangel, or archdeacon, sorry, Frollo, betraying Esmeralda and sending her to death. When he laughs at Esmeralda, wait, when he laughs as Esmeralda is hung, Quasimodo kills Frollo and visits the cemetery where he mourns Esmeralda, eventually dying of starvation on her grave. <clears throat> Damn. Lots of drama. There's like a, there like a, a song in there where... The guy's like, she will be mine. You know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think Have so. You, do you remember seeing yeah, well, uh, I don't want to listen to the song. If uh, I'm just going to look it up. Uh, it's like, it's um, a song about sex. I know that. But. I mean, yeah, like, because that was like, gonna, acceptable like, back then. Like, she's going to sleep with me or die is basically kind of like kind of how it went in a way yeah 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 look at that hellfire look at that oh no don't look at the actual song you idiot i want to see the scene (laughs) 
I need to see if this is it. Since we can't, like, actually, you know, listen to audio on the podcast without, I don't know, like, copyright or something. Yeah, this bonehead. It's like, she will be mine, or she will... Ah! You know, like, he screams. Just wait. Mm -hmm. You see if it comes up. God, looking at this movie, I always forget how old it is. No, scroll back up. Oh, you're reading the lyrics. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why do you care about the I, lyrics? I just need to see the scene, bro. I don't know. So we can just see like what the lyrics are. You know, why not? What a cretin. This guy's a class A pervert. Hey, first of all, it's creep. No, it's cretin. You know, cretin is a real insult, right? Yeah, I know, but I, I was hoping you would mispronounce it so I could make a Monster Zinc reference. I was tempted to. I was really tempted to. Uh, what did, first of all, you little cretin. First of yeah, all, it's cretin. Yeah, little, little one-eyed cretin. First of all, it's cretin. If you're going to insult me, do it properly. <laughs> I, I love that movie. I need to watch that again. I might do that tonight. I think I watched it pretty recently. I also watched the... Uh... Monsters uh, University, hang on. Monsters University was okay. Yeah, is this it? Is this the bit? I can't hear it, but you can. Hang on. I keep trying to scroll down looking at your stream. Yeah, I think this is it. We're in a this guy a priest? I can't remember. <laughs> he is. Oh, no wonder. Let her be mine and mine alone. Yeah. Hang on, he's gonna get to the bit, and then there's it's gonna be like a bunch of fire. Like, she will be mine! Like the typical corrupt, creepy religious man that he is. Yeah, be mine or you will burn. Yeah, well, I, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter, but uh, that's basically right. the gist of it. Anyway, we're a little off there. Uh, it's your turn, Sleeping Beauty or Pinocchio, pick one. Sleeping Beauty, yeah, no, I'll read Pinocchio. Uh, Pinocchio was a Disney, was Disney's second animated feature film and features one of the best-loved Disney songs, When You Wish Upon a Star. Uh, is that true? I guess it is, whatever, I don't care. Uh, Disney's version is surreal enough with blue fairies, boys <laughs> transformed into donkeys, and what is that word? Geppetto. Geppetto. It's not pedo. Geppetto. Geppetto. It, it's Geppetto. In, okay, Geppetto, <laughs> gotcha. Living in the belly of a whale, but it's got nothing on Carlo Collodi's dark original. The story was originally published as a... As a serial? Hmm? Wait, where, as where's a, the word? Yeah, serial. Published as a serial with Pinocchio accidentally killing a talking cricket, falling asleep on a stove and burning his feet or burning his feet off and being hung by a rather evil talking cat and fox duo while poor Gepito, Gepito, uh, lives on a ship inside the terrible dogfish for two whole years before being rescued by his wooden son. 
Wow. Now, isn't that something? Yeah, I, I knew, like, the, uh, or I, I want to actually compare and contrast a little bit, not with the original, but with the uh, remake uh, live-action-ish and the original animated-like one. There's a live-action like, the... Pinocchio? Yeah. Oh. Live-action-ish. It's very CGI. Oh. Yeah. And, course. uh... Go figure. And, uh... So, basically, in the original animated one, like, you know how, like, the the boys get sent to this place and they're drinking, like, beer and smoking cigars and all that? You know, they they didn't do that in the, uh... In the actual, like, uh... Live-action one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot, I forgot what they did. But it was, it was something more, like, of age for, like, the kids, you know, not, like, drinking underage and smoking. Just to yeah, try and, you know, not... Yeah. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it. All of you really think yeah. about it, that is a little weird for today's society, because usually today's society loves to uh, push the things onto kids that they shouldn't, such as drinking and smoking. Yeah, and according to Fox News, uh, the energy crisis... <laughs> Yeah, right. If, if you're missing right, on that, so out on that joke, check out last episode. Let's do Sleeping Beauty. The tale of Aurora in Disney Sleeping Beauty closely follows the story included by the Brothers, brothers Grimm in their collection. A story that in turn was based on French author Charles Perrault's version. However, the first version to be published by Guillaume Ballista Basil takes a much darker turn. A king is walking past the home of the Sleeping Beauty. Her name is... Her her name... Here, sorry. Here named Talia. When his falcon flies into the house, entering the house to retrieve the bird, he comes across the unconscious woman and uh, gathers the fruits of love, leaving her still unconscious, pregnant with twins. Hey, Boo, can you start sharing your screen again? Yeah, I can do that. Thank you. No problem. Um, yeah. Uh, see, I don't. I don't know. How, I, this is probably very vindictive of my. I don't think that's the right word to use. It's, I think it's very telling of my personality that I actually like these ones uh, <clears throat> more than the Disney ones. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, you can. I agree. Just for the reason, like these ones. Like, weren't really made for kids. The ones well, were made for kids for Disney. Yeah. And so, I, I, I just find these stories much more interesting than the ones made by Disney. Well, I find I find them more interesting. There's usually a lot more uh, heart into it. I'm not a big fan of flowery musicals. I never have been. Uh, and I'm a big stickler for source material. You know what I mean? Uh, Everyone I knows that. Yeah. I don't like it when people take things that weren't originally theirs and then try to basically reimagine it to the point that it is theirs with some basically references to the original thing. Um, the Disney stories aren't quite as severe. They just change the endings, really. Um, yeah, they change the endings and, you know, what leads up to that usually. Like, there's some details in between, but yeah, they're usually a bit more grim, and they they flower it up. Like with the like Snow White isn't quite as severe difference, but the dwarves are are played out in a very different way because I don't a kid isn't gonna relate or find any because like obviously just any little kid except for maybe a little girl isn't gonna relate to like a 
a, a Disney princess like Snow White, but a, something that a little boy could relate to in Snow White is those goofy little dwarves, you know? Yeah. So they, they like, change that up because, I mean, little boy's not going to... And I think, personally, I think they should have kept the dwarves the same for an animated movie like that because it's kind of depicts what like a man is you know because like that's what uh, you, you can't you, you can't say that in today's world i don't care i do <laughs> not care uh but like you get what i'm saying like yeah i i, I completely agree you know, strong you know dependable protective you know like qualities of qualities hard working of yeah hard work qualities of men you know but uh anyway uh, let's continue. Yeah. I really want to do Beauty and the Beast. It's my um, favorite one, actually. I still think is, that's on is Beauty and the Beast not on here? Is it really not? It's not. We'll we'll, we'll get we'll we'll save that oh. for last. Okay, the well, big I, finale. Of I, Beauty and the Beast. I do know about Beauty and the Beast. I could basically. There's only one really important part that I that I want to talk about about Beauty and the Beast. The difference. Uh, and it is the interaction between be- the Beast and Gaston. Because, I'm whatever, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. In the in the movie, you know, near the end, like, Gaston is hunting the Beast. And, and Gaston kind of, you know, he gets the jump on him. He's kind of kind of winning in a way. You know, he's he's kind of giving the, the Beast a bit of a run for his money. That is not at all how it went in the book. Gaston didn't stand a chance. I'll just, I'll just phrase it like that. Gaston lost miserably. Anyway. Uh, Rapunzel. Ooh, Rapunzel's a fun one. You know, there's actually a real quick side tangent about Rapunzel. It's kind of funny. In the Blood and Wine DLC, there's like a fairy tale world you go into that has stories like Rapunzel, Little Red Riding Hood, and all that. With like, I mean, they weren't real people, but they were basically artificial, like, life forms in this, like, artificial fairy tale world but time moved the same way for them right uh it was mm-hmm. and the world was built for this little girl but then she hadn't been there for years and throughout this little girl's absence of being in there the like the little girl was supposed to quote be like the prince charming or whatnot or like basically i don't know put the story in motion it's hard to explain that rapunzel was up in her tower for so long she just hung herself with her hair yeah. And then she became a wraith, and then you had to, you know, kill the wraith. It's pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Anyway, uh, Rapunzel in Disney's Tangled is a modern-day heroine uh, breaking out of her tower to explore the outside world and getting into a lot of trouble along the way. In the original story, she has she has an even tougher time of it, shorten, or shorn of her hair and cast out into the wilderness uh, when the witch holding her captive learns that the princess has been visiting her nightly, or prince, prince. learns that the prince has been visiting her nightly. Uh, when the prince visits again, the witch tricks him into climbing the tower using Rapunzel's cut off hair, only to push him from the tower. He is blinded in the fall and wanders the wilderness until he is reunited with Rapunzel and the twins she has given birth to, guided back to her by her beautiful singing voice. Uh, the tears of happiness that Rapunzel cries restores the prince's sight. And they all, oh, well, that one ended pretty happily. It's yeah, interesting that I, the man fell out of such a high fall and the only 
real injury he had was getting blinded. I'd say he's I lucky. Mean, I imagine that is a serious brain injury, though, and probably a lot more to it than just being blind. Wouldn't it be a world if tears could just cure brain injuries? Yeah, dude. If, but, if... But, but, like, still, like, to just be blinded? No, that guy was definitely, like, that knocked a couple of chromosomes out of his head while he was at it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, like, I guarantee he was blind and retarded. Uh, yeah, Probably it knocked chromosomes word, but... out of the next few generations. Yeah, and then her tears not only restored his eyesight, but there was a couple of chromosomes in those tears that replaced the ones he lost. So she lost chromosomes, or she gave him some extra ones that she had. Matter cannot be created nor destroyed. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> those chromosomes came from somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Alright, uh, next we're going to do the Lion King. Uh, don't be fueled by Fueled? Yes, fooled. fueled. Don't be fueled. Don't be fooled by uh, cute lion cubs and warthog meerkat comedy duos. That, the inspiration that, behind... That's a trio. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that is a trio that they just I, described. I, I, th I, th I think, like, it's supposed to be, like, this, and then, like, that is separated. Oh, well, that's a little... It's a weird way to build the sentence, but okay. Oh, half of their, like writing hasn't been correct at all anyways uh, yeah anyway the ahead. inspiration behind disney's beloved animation the in the live action film is darker than you might expect it's said that the writers were inspired by shakespeare's hamlet in which the prince hamlet sets out to seek revenge on his uncle claudius or claudius after claudius murders his father in order to seize the throne not unlike the plight of our favorite lion cub sigma sigma simba sigma that's it i well i mean i think okay so i think the reason i think it's implied in uh okay how do i say this i i think that they didn't really want to give off the message of its they were trying to hide its inspiration right because hamlet like right. i mean that like that's a it's kind of gruesome you know and they didn't really <laughs> want to like they didn't want to make it Simba's goal to uh, kill the uh, 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 Scar. They didn't want to make there it his goal to, yeah. They didn't want to make it his goal to kill Scar. They wanted to kind of water it down a little bit. I think that's really what what their meaning behind including this is. Um. So yeah. Anyway, what the? I didn't know. Frozen was based on a particular fairy tale. Go ahead and read it. Oh, you want me to read it? Okay. Disney's spectacularly popular animation is loose, loosely based on Hans Christian's Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. But while Frozen is an empowering story of sisterly love and learning not to fear your power, uh, The Snow Queen has a much darker beginnings, uh, though a similarly happy ending. In the Snow Queen, the devil makes a magic mirror which shows people only the bad and ugly aspects of themselves. When the mirror is shattered, uh, splinters get into the eyes and hearts of people around the world, freezing their hearts. Years later, a splinter gets into the eye of a boy called Kai, causing him to become cruel and reject his grandmother and his best friend, uh, Girda making him an easy target to be 
uh, enchanted and imprisoned by the Snow Queen. When he disappears, it's assumed Kai has fallen into the river and died, but Girda is sure he's alive and begins an epic quest to rescue him. Oh, okay. Interesting. How is that related? That doesn't sound like Frozen. No, it does not at all. No, Frozen's about this little hormonal white-haired woman who has the powers of Iceman from the X-Men, and then she like, had, like, I don't know, I guess it was her period, and then she freaked out and froze stuff, and she's like, oh, no, freezing is bad. So she ran away, and then her sister's like, no, we love freezing stuff. Come back. <laughs> so she went and followed her, uh, and then she met uh, a weird homeless man who sells ice and his pet moose, and then they went together because this moose man is like, hey, I know these woods. And then when they found her, she's like, come back. And then the queen's like, no, if, screw you. And then, like, banishes them. Uh, and there's also a little, I don't know, like, autistic snowman that joins along the way or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. I should I should take up a job as summarizing movies. <laughs> that was all completely that was that was a free fly summary. I did I haven't seen that movie in years. I haven't seen that movie since I was in middle school and like <laughs> That, that reminds me of when we were playing GTFO, and my buddy, my buddy in chat, was like, "So, what is GTFO?" I was like, "Gage, explain it." Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I can explain it on the podcast too. Do it again. Yeah, so GTFO. Yeah, okay, hang, hang on. So, so basically, it went like this. Uh, I we were streaming GTFO, and one of my buddies, like uh, that, I haven't talked to in a long time. We used to play games with him a lot. Uh, he was uh, in my chat, and he asked, uh, "So, what is GTFO?" And uh, I said, well, I, I can't really explain it too well. I'll let Gage do it. Gage, tell him what GTFO is. It's like being in an abusive relationship. The sex is really good, but she beats you. Yeah. And then that's his it. response to that was, that's the best goddamn sell of a game I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, it's, ba it's you're basically playing GTFO is like dating the mentally unstable emo chick that goes to your same school. That's how it goes. Yeah. God, I hate the way my brain works. But it's uh, so yeah. funny. It's so funny. Anyway, Beauty and the Beast. Hey, uh, why does he look like a pig in that picture? Is that how we looked in the book? I don't remember. Yeah, it is. Uh, Beauty and the Beast could have ended like a badly, warthog. but it didn't. Oh yeah, Beauty and the Beast didn't seem to end so badly. If I like, last I remember. Uh, Beating the Beast is a well-known Disney classic, but did you know that the tale has its roots in French literature? That is not at all what I want to know about. Um, French novelists... Uh, let me just, like, kind of skim this for a minute before I, like, start, like, heavily reading it. She's a number of unnamed siblings. Is Like Gaston, all the servants transformed into household items. They never exist in the original. Whatever, okay. Uh, the merchant gets lost and stays in the beast's home, and quite comfortably, he makes himself at home and eats and drinks until he leaves, all without meeting meeting the beast. Yeah, that castle was huge. If you really think about it, you could probably could have gotten in that castle, and beast probably would have just missed you. 
Yeah. Like, that was something I had thought about. Like, I mean, approaching at the main entrance and knocking is kind of a dead giveaway that someone's there. But... Really? Uh, that is, until he picks a rose from his garden. Yeah. Uh, the beast tells the merchant that he will die for taking one. But they end up settling with the merchant going home and asking for one of his daughters would die in his stead. Uh, yeah. Uh, if they refused, the merchant was to come back to the beast in three months to die. In the end, Beauty volunteers to take her father's place because he picked a rose for her, but the beast cannot bring himself to kill her. Instead, she comes to him, uh, comes to love him dearly, and he transforms back into a prince. Oh, so I guess Gaston wasn't like in the original story. Where did I hear that from then? Mm. I don't know. Maybe it was another, like, I don't know, off-written story of it, off-written version. Uh, Hercules! 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 Um, as you probably know, Greek myths are not exactly child-friendly, and definitely not. Uh, Hercules no. was actually the son of Zeus and a mortal woman, not, Ze not Zeus and Hera like in the Disney movie. Because Zeus is the epitome of unfaithfulness, trying to get past that Disney censors, uh, this made his wife, Hera, understandably angry. Throughout Hercules' life, Hera curses him with fits of madness, and he kills people he would uh, never otherwise dream of hurting in order to atone for his sins. Hercules goes through a series of 12 trials, and one other time he sells himself into slavery per the Oracle's advice. There were supposed to be 10 trials, but he technically cheated on two, so went to 12. In the end, he helps conquer Troy, wins a war, and successfully defeats Mount Olympus from the Titans. He has some more adventures and gets married again. After after even more adventures, he takes another woman, and his wife gets jealous, so she uses what she thought was a love potion and soaks Hercules' shirt in it, but it was actually poisonous blood from a centaur that Hercules killed. Oops. The poison seeps into his skin and burns Hercules, and his wife feels so bad about it that she kills herself. Hercules realizes that she is uh, that that he is slowly dying from the poison, so he makes his own funnel pyre and burns himself to death upon it. Sorry, folks, but he doesn't live happily ever after with uh, Miata. Even if the Disney tale of Hercules is wildly different than the original, it has a killer soundtrack. Yeah, I don't think anyone's a stranger to the X-rated content within the actual Greek stories. Uh, not calling out any names, Zeus, but, you know, I would imagine that the apple doesn't fall so far from the tree. Probably not, no. Anyway. Uh, and, then there's, and then there's Kratos, but that's not, like, real Greek. Although apparently he is like a real character in Greek mythology, but I don't, I'm don't, i not sure if I believe that. But uh, Pinocchio has more lives than a cat, and most of them are miserable. Well, considering po Pinocchio's a wooden doll, I mean, I don't know if I want to read that one. That one doesn't sound very interesting with that Sasquatch thing. The Frog Prince... The Frog Prince's... Pr what? Huh? The Frog Prince's princess could learn a thing or two from... Tiana. Okay, thank you for the little uh, reading, learning, bouncing there. Uh, Disney's The Princess and the Frog and The Frog Prince by the Grimm Brothers have a little in common. 
That's another thing I could bring about to The Witcher. But both stories are... Stop it. Now you're distracting me. <laughs> In their own right, the grim, the grim version begins with a princess that is also the king's youngest daughter. There's definitely a recurring theme with the youngest daughter in the fairy tales. Yeah, because younger women, like the, the limit of adulthood was like younger back then. Uh, and then they would want the most fertile, which would be the youngest. Uh, none of the characters have names save for one. What? Have names save for one. Uh, and save we, for one, probably. Uh, and we do not know the age of uh, of the princess. Naturally, the youngest daughter was also the most beautiful, which seems to be a running theme as well. Yeah, why do you think that is? Uh, and she likes to play... Oh, can I just say real quick, whoever wrote this article doesn't seem to understand how things would have been in the timeline in which these were written. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, or he writes it. He, he writes it as if people reading it don't know. Well, it's like, uh, this is definitely a recurring theme here. Like, and this is in parentheses. I feel like this is an, like, I don't know the intention of writing it, but either it's like, we don't know, like we don't notice, or it's like trying to be like a subtle, like nudge, nudge to like, you know, oh, look at this pedophilia when it isn't, or it wasn't back yeah. then. I think it's supposed to be a comedic thing. Cause like, this is all written as like one article, you know? Yeah, it's true. Anyway. Uh, and she likes to play with a golden ball. Wait, is that where I left off? Uh, it seems to yep. be running theme as well. And she, yeah, and she likes to play with a golden ball. One day, her favorite toy falls into some deep water, and she cries until a frog asks why she's crying. Acid. That's why he asked. In exchange for retrieving her ball, the frog asks her to ask for her love and companionship. Uh, she... <laughs> hang on let me let me laugh that off for a minute i have i had a joke just popping in my head was it? If, if a frog came out of the water and just said hey love me and marry me i think my first reaction would be to kill it <laughs> but instead she's like sure if i get my ball back I, She's like, hey, hey, my ball landed in your backyard. Fuck. Oh, God, that is getting worse. Never mind, I'm going to move on. Uh, she selfishly agrees in order to... <laughs> okay, I have to say it. I'm sorry. My ball fell in your water. Okay, fuck me and you'll get it back. <laughs> I've... I can just imagine a frog with like the voice of like Shaq saying that. <laughs> she, she selfishly agrees in order to get the ball back. But instead of fulfilling her end of the bargain, the princess runs off with her ball, completely forgetting about the frog that helped her. Okay, well that's 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 not really nice. I mean you gave your word to the frog. <laughs> Surprisingly, the day the day the frog makes a visit to the palace, the princess doesn't want to have anything to do with the frog. But her father, being a fair king, makes her keep her promise. Being begrudging, she begrudgingly allows the frog to share her meal. But oh god, dude, I would have loved to see this play out in person. I can just see a frog doing all of this. 
but the princess absolutely draws the line at letting him sleep on her bed. The princess rudely picks up the frog and tosses him against her bedroom wall. Dude. But when he lands, he turns into a prince. If you're as confused as us about what virtuous thing the princess did to nullify the witch's spell, uh, know that others probably felt this way too. There's really no good... Oh, I don't know what you're talking about at all. I think throwing a frog against a wall that's really a man is probably one of the most romantic things you can do. Oh god, the princess's father says that... Her newly found prince is to be her husband. The next day, they take off in a carriage to their new kingdom with the prince's servant named Henrich. Henrich inexplicably has iron bands around his heart that somehow kept it from bursting while he lamented the loss of the prince. But the prince was alive. The the frog, and no one knew. Oh. The bands make weird cracking sounds as they come off of his heart on the ride home. And the story just ends that way. Yeah, so she basically just had a series of animal abuse. And then... Oh, okay, no. So for one, she uh, blue-balled the frog. And then she abused the frog. That's what I imagined right there. (laughs) Just... Just picks up the frog and tosses him into a wall. <laughs> Poor guy. It's like it's like using like putting your gerbil in a sock and using it as a mace. <laughs> God. I hate it. That I mean that's probably, don't, don't try that. That is don't like try that. That's like my favorite one now though, just cuz of how funny it is to picture that in my head. Just so, that, that awkward, just an awkward dinner date and, like, wooing of a frog. Does the frog speak English, is my question. Probably well, speaks whatever language she speaks, because they had a conversation. Or does she speak frog? Well, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Good. Good. Glad we got that covered. So, so I there was... have, like, I have a little tangent. So... Uh, on the like on like every day before like we get released for the weekend we usually have like a uh, like a safety brief like make sure like hey, don't, don't do this don't get arrested if you get in prison establish dominance quickly <laughs> what wait what they tell you that in the military as a joke obviously oh established dominance it's just someone drops a soap and you're just like the wolf from puss in boots pick it up pick it <laughs> up <laughs> yeah so uh basically uh one of like one nco i remember her name i'm not gonna say it on the podcast um she, like she said oh don't put your uh hamster in a sock and beat it against the wall and everyone just like looked at her and was like what the fuck <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, for cursing. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> and, and, and the commander, the commander still makes fun of her to this day. It's like don't be, don't be like her and put your hamster in a sock and beat it against the wall. I mean, it's a reasonable word of advice. Yeah, I mean that sounds like advice worth following to me. I don't see what the problem is. Look, here's the thing. Look, kids kids would do that though. Like 
a five-year-old kid, you let him play with the gerbil unsupervised, he would undoubtedly put him inside of a sock and fling him around like a mace. There's just no doubt about it. Oh, God. These I don't want to do that. I kind of want to do that with like a goose. I want to like grab it by its neck and just a swing goose. it around. Look, geese does... Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't target a goose, but look, if a goose targets me, then may the best goose win. And yeah, I, I'm just praying one day a goose will run up to me and I can just grab him by his neck and just fucking beat him. Have you, have, have you, okay, look, have you ever had people give you like those arguments? Like they'll talk about geese and like how vicious they are and how strong they can actually be. And they're like, make a serious point out of it. Like they're actually like consider a goose, like a, like a, a formidable opponent, you know? Have you played Untitled Goose Game, dude? They are. No, look on a look on a serious note. Think about it. All right. Do you honestly think if you got in a fight with a goose, you could look your if you lost, you could l- go home and look your wife in the eye, or your father, or your brothers, or anyone for that matter, knowing you lost to a goddamn bird? <laughs> Something that should be on your plate. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, that is a philosophy. Okay. Do not take crap from things that belong on your plate. If a goose tries to fight me, that goose is going to lose, and I'm going to eat it. That goose has forgotten his place in life, and he will be reminded. I'm obviously going to win, but I'm probably going to be a little bit, like, bloody from, like, its teeth, because, like, those those guys can bite. Look, I'm not saying that a goose can't hurt you. Like, their wings are strong. Like, yeah, I imagine a goose would, like, cause some pain. But here's the thing. I would never be caught running away from a goose in terror. If a goose charges me, I'm charging back. Like, (laughs) that is... I mean, maybe I'll take a couple steps away to see if its conviction kicks in. And it's like, nah, this thing's bigger than me. But if it doesn't, may the best goose win. And as a silly, as a certified silly goose, I will win. It, <laughs> I'm trying to like think of a good way to phrase this, but like uh, either like so the goose, um, it it's fight or flight. It kicks in, but not in the right way against a human. And uh, you know, we'll just say Darwinism will take its place. The the <laughs> the goose the goose rolled a critical failure at approaching me, and instead of saying hello, it smacked me, and then I just beat the crap out of it <laughs> I, I i love seeing those tiktoks where it's like roll for intelligence or roll for strength and it just like rolls like a seven or like a three and then like just something dumb happens like or, this like, this it, guy was uh carrying like three bags like three bags of like rice or something like big bags on his shoulder and carrying a wheelbarrow by his side someone walks up to him Puts the wheelbarrow down, takes the bags, puts them in the wheelbarrow, and then it's like, roll for intelligence. And it rolls a three. And the guy just picks up the wheelbarrow with the bags of rice in it. <laughs> I, I, you, do you like those? Do you see those uh, if D&D rolls applied in real life? It's like making a sandwich, roll a d20, and then it's like a failure. And then it's just like a completely inverse sandwich with like lettuce as the buns, a piece of bread in the middle, and then like meat. But there's also like mustard on top of the lettuce. So you're just grabbing lettuce and mustard. 
Yeah, like the, the chopping I, board or like yeah, the cutting or, boards in the sandwich. Yeah, or there'll just be something completely not sandwich related in the sandwich, like a I don't know, like a cutting, like you said, like a cutting board. I love those, and I've been so tempted to make some of those TikToks for the podcast. There's been uh, there's a channel that I follow on TikTok, and they like do like stuff, and it's like a uh, roll for this, and they always roll low, and like it's just like a big freakout scene, and their dogs holding a sword in its mouth and just barking and like yeah, swinging his head around. I love those. <laughs> or yeah, there was yeah I've, I saw one like that. I I I absolutely love those TikToks with the D and D rolls. As a big D and D fan, it's just it's beautiful seeing those. I think the only yeah. thing I can really compare to it is the uh, Skyrim NPCs in real life. <laughs> Those yeah. are really funny. Walks into a pool. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't really Ooh. think of any off the top of my head, but those are pretty great. Yeah. Um. So the the last one I found here uh, is the Fox and the Hound. Uh, the Fox and the Hound is based on a 1967 novel written by Daniel P. Mannix. In the book, the fox is raised by the dog's owner's slash hunter's family, but eventually returns to the wild. He occasionally returns to taunt the dogs and flash his cunning fox skills. One of the dogs breaks his chain and chases him. That dog ends up getting hit by a train. <laughs> the hunter is devastated and vows revenge on the fox. He becomes obsessed but never, but can never catch him. Although he does kill the fox's mate, second mate, and children... Eventually, Todd the fox dies, or fo fox does die. But the exhaustion from being chased so much, Copper the dog from the Fox and the Hound is so old that it needs to be shot, and that is the end of the book. Wow, I mean, some strong dedication on that on that hunter's part. I will admit, uh, that's pretty much how I would feel about a, a goose. I mean, if a goose caused the death of someone that I loved, well, actually, no, I wouldn't. Because if anyone that I knew personally and loved lost to a goose, they probably deserved it. They need to be shunned. <laughs> well, yeah, I, like you lost to a, you lost to a fucking bird. Like <laughs> you lost to a fucking sandwich. Now, Excuse me. you in particular, Neo, I have absolutely no worry considering you're just undying but also unwarranted hatred for birds i don't see you losing to a goose <laughs> the I, only bird i, I will lose to is an emu i actually see you i can see you actually provoking the goose rather than vice versa yeah except for emus em emus like that's the one bird that you probably won't maybe an ostrich but ostriches aren't, ostrich aren't quite as like those things aren't quite as provocative as e like emus will, like emus are like geese but worse. Yeah, both in temper and, uh, and in also, strength. Australia lost to emus. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Australia. They suck. Australia had guns back then, and they still lost to a bunch of birds. Like, I'm pretty sure we talked about the great emu were on the podcast, haven't we? Yeah, way way back when. But the thing is, is even like even with how ferocious emus are, when you have a gun, like that's still such a huge advantage. Like I mean, yeah, but it, it obviously like eight bullets to take down an emu. Well, yeah, but that also depends on if you you can aim. You know, like did all eight of those bullets hit? Yes, all all eight hit and still was up. <laughs> that emu was operating <laughs> off of retard strength. 
or the sheer he was he was the Hulk Hogan of of emus. That's amazing. Basically, yeah, they're basically bulletproof un- up until about <laughs> nine to ten shots. Yeah, about nine bullets. Remember way back when in 2012 when there was like the Florida zombie attack thing? No. Like there was a dude who got hopped up on bath salts and he basically went oh. barrel and like ate a dude's face in the street and it took the cops nine bullets to actually kill him. And he wouldn't yeah. even react to the bullets. He just kept eating the dude's face. And then eventually, like, at the ninth bullet, he just kind of, like, died. I do remember that now. So the real real question is, what are emus exactly? Are they birds? Or are they some kind birds. of biomutation of birds infused with bath salts? You got to think about that. So I, I think what emus are is uh, something... Uh, I probably shouldn't share this, but uh, uh, emus originally escaped from Area 51 and have just been uh, procreating and making themselves. I have a better theory for you. What? So, in the alien universe, okay, xenomorph, their their origins, okay, it's theorized that the xenomorph origins are they they are a bioengineered weapon designed to clear planets. So basically you would drop like, I don't know, like face huggers or something on a planet, it would make a few xenomorph and then it would just spread from there on out until there's nothing but xenomorph and whatever alien race created them would have a means to like take out the, the xenomorph, you know? Kind of like predators in a way. I, I don't know. But basically, that's what emus are. They're just a bioengineered bird placed on Earth by an alien species, and eventually emus are going to wipe us out, and then the alien race is going to take over, clear out the emus, and then colonize our planet. Not so, I mean, I like your theory, but it's just wrong. How is they, it wrong? I, you're not wrong on the bioengineered part, but uh, they were bioengineered in Area 51, and they were placed in Australia because he wanted to take it over, and we won. My theory, my theory sounds more fun, though. But my theory sounds more believable. Your theory sounds more believable, but we're not here for believable. We're here for entertainment. <laughs> and my theory is more fun. Oh, God. Although, I mean, if when, I, who knows what they're doing in here? I mean, on a real note, it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if Area 51 has somehow developed some kind of super dinosaur meth bird like emus to, to go out and terrorize humanity and they're like collecting the data the first place they dropped them was australia now we're just waiting for the next country to fall throw them in, just give them some coats and throw them in russia i think the only reason they haven't done it in the united states yet is because they know that civilians are armed in the united states Dudes, like civilians, have like sawed off shotguns so I illegally. Think, I think that I think that Area Fifty One is aware that even though the emus might win, it's still significantly less likely than Australia. Oh, I am an idiot. Huh? I didn't share like the most important small talk I had. Oh. 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 Yeah. I know. Share it, brother. Yeah. We uh we found out the gender of our baby today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be a baby boy. Little baby Nolan. Yeah, little little, little Nolan is the name. Nolan David. 
I wasn't thinking about <laughs> it, but when I got Hogwarts Legacy, you make your character's name, you know, first name and last name. I, I, I swear I didn't do this because of what you told me, but I actually ended up making my character's first name Nolan. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. Nolan Frost is my character's name. I like that. I, I I love the name Nolan. Like it's such a strong name. It's a strong. It's it's a it's a it's a uncommon name, but it's a bold. It's a it's a bold name, but a casual one at the same time. You know. Yeah. It's not like some weird, like I don't know, millennial name like Skylar Tron or whatever people name their kids as millennials I you know, don't know. i'm honestly really relieved that i'm having a son because it's so much easier to nickname like a boy other than a girl oh yeah idiot bonehead bonehead you know well no because i was thinking like what, what would i call like my daughter as like a little nickname and i couldn't think of anything and then i'm just like if i have a son someone call him chum chum just you're just gonna take my nickname for everyone and apply it to your son yeah because <laughs> i call everyone chum yeah you're already gonna call him chum so i might as well too <laughs> yeah pretty much well actually quite literally for for your son it'll be baby chum for a little bit yeah baby chum baby chum uh what what was the girl name you were thinking about oh uh, we were thinking about naming her aria aria yeah you could have called her ari I was thinking about that, like uh, Ari in the in the I mean, with whatever it's called. If, if you were or having Ari. a if you were having a daughter, I would have just called her Chum too. Though I mean, it's or a Cham. It's a gendering Cham. It's a <laughs> it's a it's a gender inclusive name, Chum. It means a good good friend, or you know the meat that you throw into water to lure out sharks, but. That's not a very good definition to use when you're applying it to a child. So, <laughs> I might no. God, no one's ever drawn that distinction before. I call people chum all the time, and I guess that it actually is a fairly well-known thing to call like your friends chum, because no one's ever been like no one's ever thrown that in my face. Like that's what you throw in the water to lure sharks out. Like, and I, I'm waiting for someone to do it, so I'll be like, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, chum. Oh, what do you know? Friend, pal, buddy, chummy. Chummy. To be friendly. Shark bait composed of unwanted or useless fish parts. So everyone that I call chum, if you're listening to this podcast, you'll have to decide which one I mean. Either a good friend or unwanted fish used to lure out sharks. Choose now. <laughs> It's also it, it's 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 a great word because it's a very endearing, uh, like uh, compliment to call someone chum. It means like they're your really good friend, yeah, but it's chum. also a really good insult. Yeah, chum. What is this? The examples. They are old chums. Okay, fair. They are acting chummy. Yeah, fair. I saw a chummer chumming with chum. He chummed all day. That's a bit too many times using the word chum. And then there's suck my chum. I, oh, slang, semen or sebum, also known as, known as smegma. What is that? Okay, yeah, I'm not reading that on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, Urban Dictionary is a dangerous place. 
Get the chum bug. What is that? Click on that. I want to see what that is. What's the what? chum? Where? Click like it says. Oh. Get the chum mug. Then add chum. Nice. Oh wait, it's got the garbage definition. <gasps> no. Oh, you can put like the the friend de dude. That'll be like my main mug. I'm gonna get that. A good pal. <laughs> just just leave it at that. Or better yet, you can make it even uh more cryptic. Just chum. A good chum. <laughs> a good chum. <laughs> a good, Why am I capitalizing the H? A good cum. That's funny. A good chum. That is a very, very plain standard mug, but with a bold meaning. Chum. There we go. How much is a it? A good chum. Thirty-two ninety-five. Oh my god. Well, it's worth free shipping. shipping. Okay, I mean, that's fair. 32 bucks, though. Jeez. Adding it to your cart. <laughs> Two. <laughs> we need to get, like, uh, Jobro mugs as well. That, that say It'll say Jobro. I'll have, like, our Jobro logo on one side of the mug, and on the other one, it'll just say, thank you for being a chum. Is that is that what our uh, our fan base is called? Chums, the chums. You know what? I think it will be chums. Our fellow chums that listen to the podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're a reoccurring listener, you are now officially a chum. Welcome, chum. A good chum. A good chum, buddy old chum. That's how. That yeah. Unless yeah. you're hate listening. Yeah. Well, if you're hate listening, then uh, well, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, I hate you. I'll just, yeah. Well, actually, if people are hate listening, they probably would have stopped by now. We're three seasons in. And if yeah. they haven't, uh, you are still a number in our analytics for listening. So, uh, thank you. Yes. Maybe the algorithm will be good to us one day. Yeah, all, all this hate listening. That's what we really need to do. We just need to make people hate us so they talk about us, and then our audience picks up. Like Andrew Tate. <laughs> That's a controversial analogy to make. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. We are probably out of time for this episode. We are. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you haven't already, check out our socials on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, or Instagram. Jobro Radio, J-O-B-R-O-R-A-D-I-O for all of them. Uh, check out our solo stream pages. We stream sometimes. We're probably going to be streaming Demio. Maybe, uh, next couple of days. Uh, mine is Just Phoenix 101 J-U-S-T-P-H-O-E-N-I-X-101. And Frosty over here, Frosty Butcher, underscore between those two words. So F-O-R-S-T-Y underscore B-U-T-C-H-E-R. Actually, uh, I, I... Uh, by the time that people are listening to this podcast, my Twitch username will be changed. It'll just be Frosty Butcher TTV, uh, F R O S T Y B U T C H E R T T V. There will be no underscore. Just capitalize oh. the F and the B and the T T V. You know, whatever. But um, pretty soon, yeah, pretty soon we're also going to be starting a Joe Bro Twitch channel. Where we, uh, you know, we'll stream on uh, the current current days that we are hosting. So on days that I host, I will be streaming. On days that Gage hosts, he will be streaming from his perspective, and vice versa. That'll be. And that is. Uh, 
And yeah, that's going to be J O B R O. Sorry, R A D I O. No, no, no. Possibly no. TTV in there? No, no. I No, it's just going to be Joe Bro TTV. J O B R O TTV. Yeah, Joe Bro, Joe Bro TTV. Yeah. That'll be it. Yeah. And uh, prepare yourselves because possibly pretty soon we're going to be starting our video podcast and putting them on YouTube. Yep, that'll be on YouTube. Stay tuned. We'll yes. let you know. And a lot better quality is going to be going into those because I will be actually editing some of those videos. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, there isn't really a whole yeah. lot to edit. Some things. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that it's really going to be doing is our faces are going to be in it. So you can actually, because uh-huh. like a lot of, because a lot of the content, like, I mean, I imagine like, you know, doing just the audio platform, like that's great and all still entertaining. But when you can see the facial expressions we make, like when we do impressions or whatnot, which I don't think we've done a whole lot of, but we have like, it just, it just adds on to it, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, if things don't really work out how we want them to, like with the perspectives and the screens and being all like recorded, that's going to be why I'm going to edit. So like, you know, when we're, when I'm talking, my screen and my face are going to be up. And when he's talking, his screen and face is going to be up, you know? Yeah. Well, we're still learning, so we'll see. Yeah. You got any concluding notes, buddy? Um, uh, if, uh, try to avoid food poisoning. All I gotta say. That's a that's a good word of advice. Oh, also okay. beware beware the coconut crabs. Um, yeah. And if a goose ever squares up with you, just remember, just gently approach it, get down on one knee, look closely into its eyes, grab it by its long, thin little neck, and punch it in the head until it quits. No. Okay. So I mean, that's good advice. But if a goose approaches you. Grab the nearest stranger or your friend who's with you, give them your phone, record it, and beat the ever-living hell out of that goose. Oh, dude, if if a goose ever approached you and me, that's like the first... I would, I would just record myself with one hand and beat it with the other. Yes. And make sure you put it on the Joe Bro Radio Reddit. Yeah. It's not animal abuse if the animal attacks us first. That's self-defense. You can put anything on Reddit. Reddit doesn't care. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about in general. Like, if people listen to this, they're like, oh, my God, they're talking about beating a goose. Yeah, because the goose tried to beat me. Well, I would just beat a goose because I hate hate birds. The goose (laughs) challenged me in honorable combat, and it's only fair if I curb stomp it. That's just how it goes. It's the way the world. The goose just pulls out like a old pirate musket, or not musket, flintlock, and, and just blows a golf ball size hole in you. Goose is here to run my pockets, pulls out a Glock 19 or a Desert Eagle. 